0: Hello and welcome to Simple and Interesting, a podcast from the Southern and Islands Learning Network. You're listening to me, John White, and uh, James Devinish. we are Learning and Development Officers in the Southern and Islands region. James, say hello.
1: Hello, everybody. We're
0: recording this podcast to bring you some of the best learning we're discovering at our training events, uh, and uh, James, what have we got today?
1: Well, John, have you got a lawnmower? I, I, I do. He's very tired. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I ask is that John Good, who's joining us today, was inspired by the founders of the Edinburgh Tool Library, who worked out that not everybody in the community needs to have their own tools. So why not have a library for tools, just like you do for books? Now, as well as a keen surfer, John Good is a Baptist pioneer missioner, and he wondered if you couldn't do something similar with water sports equipment. And in so doing, create a community project that can be self sustaining financially as well. This led to the Bournemouth Watersports Library. We'll also find out how it got off the ground or on the water, I should say, and the issue of owning the space or having community ownership.
2: Here he is now. My name is, uh, is John, and um, I am married to Mim, and these are my two boys. We live in, uh, in Paul. And uh, and we moved here in 2018, and um, previously I was at a church in, I was one of the, uh, I was associate minister at a Baptist church in Luton, um, and there I was largely responsible for missional communities, if you've heard of that kind of language. If you cut me, my the thing that, um, that I bleed is how do we do church outside of the church building? And, uh, and that is the thing that I'm really passionate about and um, um, a missional understanding of God and, a, and missional theology actually saved my faith. Um, I quit Bible college or deferred my year at Bible college just before I was due to finish. Um, I, um, I stopped my placement uh, when I was 23 years old. I thought that I'd had enough of church uh, and I thought that Christianity itself was a sinking ship in this country. Um, but I really felt I had a year out. I moved to Swansea where I surfed uh, for a year and worked in Nando's. Uh, and I had a brilliant year, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, but I, I felt the nudge of God bringing me back to do my final year and to finish what I'd started. And so I, um, I did that and I studied the I did the mission of God for my uh, for my dissertation. And actually, it was coming to an understanding that um, that mission isn't just a response to, to the decline of the church in the West, but mission is embedded in the very heart of God. That was the defining thing that brought me back, I think, to wanting to serve the church and wanting to be a part of um, of Christian community. Because before, it felt defensive. It felt like I, oh no, we've got to do something. How can we do something to, um, you know to make a, a dent and bring back the faith and bring it alive in, you know, in Western society. But now I very much feel like my faith is dependent upon a God who already is transforming society. He's already at work in healthcare, in business, in politics, in uh, the arts and in health. And so, yeah, if you cut me, I'm passionate about helping communities understand that and, um, and seeing what could emerge. I, um, I did that job with Stopsy Baptist for, um, for a number of years up in Luton, which I thoroughly enjoyed. We had uh, communities meeting in the park and trying to work out how to use nature to bring people to scripture. We had a community meet uh, around mental health uh, and how, to, how God was uh, helping people reach their potential through, uh, through mental health. Uh, we had things that looked much more like a normal home group um, with, uh, with kind of add-ons. Uh, we had a group called Assisi, you know, that famous uh, verse that's attributed to St. Francis, you know, um, reach out. I forget the actual quote now, now that I'm on the spot. Um, yeah, always preach the gospel and, uh, and if necessary, use words. So they were all about service, and they renovated people's homes. Uh, they found people who were vulnerable in the, in society, and they cleaned out their homes. They renovated homes. They did all kinds of stuff, and they worked out what Christian faith looked like through that act of service. There, so that's what I did previously, and like I say, in um, in 2018, I moved down to Pool. There is a brand new housing state being built here where I live, um, and there is a bit of a movement um, to uh, help people. Uh, like myself, move on to brand new housing estates uh, and develop community with alongside the people who already live there. The first 100 houses have been built where I live. uh, And by the end of it, there'll be um, uh, probably over a thousand. There's sort of five separate developments all coming together. Um, And the thinking is, I think, you know, that, that actually new community develops quicker than traditional community. If you move into a, an established community uh, and do incarnational work, uh, just try and serve the people there. Uh, then it can take a long time, as you probably know, to uh, to walk with people to gain trust in a neighbourhood and then to uh, to, to uh, begin to breathe Jesus into that area. Whereas the hope in a new build estate is that actually that whole process is a lot quicker because the people who move in they all move in together and they're trying to work out what that new community means together at the same time. And so that was part of my brief. And then the other part really is that I've always been fascinated by, um, by business. And, uh, and I believe that uh, the church needs to find new enterprising ways of underpinning ministry uh, because I'm not sure uh, if you if churches are declining, then I'm not quite sure how much a common pot of giving is going to serve us, you know, in the long term. Whereas now, you know, we, there's still a lot of assets. There's still a lot of money in church life that could be invested into uh, into businesses. And I want to caveat this by saying that I'm not a businessman myself. I am a pastor. I don't have business background, um, but I am uh, a risk taker and um, So I um, and I wanted to see uh, and use my time in Paul to see whether I could start something that might be able to sustain some kind of ministry into the future. So when we moved, um, we realised that we moved to Hamworthy, which is uh, in Paul. It's across the bridge from Paul and it's surrounded by water on three sides. Um, And so water is a big focus here. You know, it's in the air and um, and the people are outside of the new um, housing estate um, are, um, you know, often they're dockers. They've got backgrounds that are, you know, water based in in some kind of way. Um, And the people who move here and particularly if they have money, they move here for the well-being aspects of the area. You know, there's a lot of recreational stuff, boats, paddle boards, kayaks, you name it, people have got it and if I could move my slides on which I can't seem to be able to um then I would show you mm-hmm. uh anyway a lot of people have sort of you know you walk up and down the main uh the main road and there's kind of there's literally boats outside of buildings that you know and that's a popular that's a a really common thing just to see a rib or a dinghy of some sort um and I thought gosh people really love this uh and so uh, and yet I was also meeting people at the same time where um, where they were saying to me, we just can't afford to go out onto the water. Um, there's a particular name for, for the dynamic of uh, of communities where, you know, you've got the rich and the poor and it differs even from street to street. And pool is really like that. Um, I can't remember what the technical term is, but it is literally street to street. You know, there'll be a council estate next to um, a really sort of uh, affluent kind of road um, and we were meeting some people were sort of saying you know come around our house and we'll take you out on the boat and then other people were sort of saying you know we'll uh, we, we we just can't we can't even go for you know paddle boarding or kayaking or whatever um I should caveat this by saying you know I'm a, I'm a big surfer I've surfed since I was about uh, 18 years old my youth leaders at church got me into surfing. And I love it. it. And it's the place for me where I meet God. It's the place where um, it's sim- there's all kinds of, um, of resonance with faith out on the water. And so when I discovered and sorry, and when I when I started surfing, it was because my youth leaders had spare gear. They had they lent me their their wetsuits. They lent me their, um, you know, their water sports equipment. The surfboards were theirs. They put me in these two wetsuits and both the wetsuits had holes in them. But the holes kind of cancelled each other out, if you see what I mean. And so uh, so they would they would do that. And uh, I was yeah, that was it was that's how I got into it. And I kind of thought, gosh, if people can't afford to access the water, then surely there's a way of sharing some of this gear so that they can access the water. You know, pool is like a mecca for water sports stuff. Surely there's stuff um, that's kicking around. And so I start there was a kind of there was a there was a bunch of connected beliefs that I kind of start that started to kind of cloud around this idea. One of them was finance how do we help the people who can't afford it to get out on the on the water another one was my faith your question christine around how do you how do you work uh, how do you make the conversion or the or the transition between uh, belonging to believing you know how do i how do i build faith uh, around a kind of social idea um one of them was environmental as well ironically People do water sports to feel closer to nature, and yet the water sports industry is absolutely horrific in terms of its uh, in terms of water sports production. Uh, Both at the beginning and at the end of the uh, of of making water sports equipment um, is 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 terrible for the environment. Wetsuits are made out of petrol, effectively. Their, are um, you know, boards are made out of fiberglass and resin and nearly everything that takes you out on the water is bad for the environment. For a long time, I was um, I, I was really inspired by the Edinburgh Tool Library. Has anybody heard of the Edinburgh Tool Library? They they were basically starting to say, um, you know, why does everybody need a lawnmower? Why does everybody need their own power drill? Why, does, why are we obsessed with the idea of ownership? Why do we have to own everything? Uh, and so they said, well, let's start a sharing organization where people could donate tools. And, uh, and then off the back of that, they could become members to a, a kind of common inventory of, uh, of, of, uh, of tools. And now they are running the Edinburgh Tool Library is spanning. It spans three locations in Edinburgh. You can sign up uh, either by um, I think it's £30 to join up or you can donate a piece of equipment and then you become part of the library. And obviously the idea of a library is great because it involves regular borrowing. You're there. You're committed to a, a regular system. You know, and I was really inspired by the idea that he, could intru- he was introducing people um, to a community that could then um, not only give them tools, but he started to run workshops off the back of it. He wasn't a Christian, but he was, starting to, he was helping people build ramps for the disabled uh, to access the local shops. Um, he was working on you know, how basic woodworking, how do you make your own birdhouse, all those kind of things. And he got local people from the community involved in sharing their skills with the local community. So not so the community began. He he began to facilitate something where service wasn't top down. It wasn't like a kind of. We're the people who are going to fix you like a charity model. You know, we're the experts. You're the client. He created something where the community was helping each other. And that's the thing that I found inspirational about it, because um, I don't know if you guys have heard about ABCD, the method of community development. It's called asset based community development, where it basically says instead of starting with the needs and the lack in, in community, Start with the strengths and map those in the community. So and I'm terrible at this. And I think it was partly to do with my Christian faith. There's something about we love to colonize wherever we go. If we're evangelizing and wanting to bring the faith of Jesus Christ, often we can slip into this trap of of going, "Okay, I'm the person that's going to sort you out. I'm the person that's going to meet your needs. Jesus is going to fix your life. And while I do believe that Jesus is the light of the world, and that he, he, um, you know, he, he is, uh, he is, he is Jesus, and he's God, and he's going to help people, I also believe that people have a lot to offer, and they don't want to just be a target and a client. They don't want to turn into, uh, you know, a person that you're trying to rope into doing something. They want to create things for themselves, they want to play their part in the community. And so, service. I felt um, I really believe in ABCD. Though I don't, I don't think it's an easy thing to do. Um, so anyway, all of those connected beliefs were the thing that drove uh, w- that drove the water sports library, uh, and so. What we do is we have collected a bunch of gear. We opened our doors last year. We went around churches and we said, look, what we want to do is create a, a pool of water sports equipment. Uh, we want people to be able to access it whenever they like um, to pay a nominal fee to join for an annual membership uh, and then be able to hire each other's gear. Um, and we want to do that as a vehicle for um for christian faith uh, and for other workshops to happen uh for christian workshops and retreats to happen um and um yeah we opened our doors mid-may last year uh one couple got us started with a grant of two thousand pounds to buy some basic gear um we got given there was a there was one church who had three kayaks lying around so they gave us these kayaks um we had somebody give us um, wetsuits. We got a windsurf donated. We got, um, um, what else do we have? We had a load of surfboards, obviously, kicking around. And so we <clears throat> we got in touch with the um, Edinburgh Tool Library to see which system they use. And they have this brilliant, um, there's a cloud-based software uh, called MyTurn. And MyTurn is built for, for these kind of sharing libraries. They're built specifically for this purpose. And it's a great piece of software uh, where basically every item is listed online. Um, So you click on it and each item has its own calendar. So you can become a member online. You use technology, you use the website to become a member. And then effectively it becomes like a click and collect service. You can say, OK, I want to become a member first. And then after that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a surfboard and two wetsuits and I'm going to put them in my cart. Uh, and then I'm going to, I am going want to reserve them from Monday to Wednesday or whatever. Um, uh, your approval comes, your request comes through to us uh, and then we either approve it or deny it. And we just check whether there's any clashes and that kind of thing. So... Um, yeah. So uh, that's how you sign up. That's how it works. And the, and the software is great because, pe- because it, it administers itself. I'm terrible for admin. If I had to write this all down like a rental shop, you know, I'd be awful. The system is fantastic. The emails are automated. The, um, the way that people sign up is, is great. And, and they love uh, what we found last year was people love to, um, to have a chat about what they've been up to. So they come back to me. And they say, oh, we went down this end of Pool Harbour. We had this time. Normally, there's some story about, you know, they might have drifted off somewhere or, you know, <clears throat> they forgot to put the fins on the flipping, you know, surfboard. And so they drifted around in circles or whatever. And you just sit down and have a chat about it. And, um, and it's great. We've built relationship with people. And that side of things has worked really well. There's a real kind of organic feel to that. Um. By the end of last year, we had 170 people become members. Uh, We found that what we thought that it would be uh, very much about our little area, signing up, but what we found is that actually only about 15% of the members signed up from our specific location. People have come quite far and wide um, to join in with us. Um, And we, off the back of it, we ran a successful, we had a, a few ideas for Faith actually, for Faith. Building um, stuff. Um, one of them was uh, that we want to do some retreats. So we wanted to say, um, how let's get a small group of people out on the water together. Let's take them over to Arn or somewhere like that. And then we'll, when we're having our lunch, um, we'll pick a theme, we'll have a f- like a story or uh, just a really short kind of springboard, I guess. Um, to talk about um, faith in some way that's linked to the theme and then uh, the water I believe is a place of encounter so I think rather than just talking about God I think it's about I think um, being on the water is about trying to help people encounter God and so I led them in some contemplative prayer uh, we we did um, uh, we did centering prayer uh, and th- so three of the people I should say who came they weren't Christians. Three of the people who came were Christians, but all of them, I said, like, look, centering prayer is about finding one word that you just focus on for these next sort of 10-15 minutes, and you just you like let your imagination go, and uh, and if you wander off in your mind, um, just come back uh, to God and to this one word that you are kind of you know you're thinking about, and just let your um, let yourself encounter whatever it needs to encounter, and it was amazing. People, um, people came back, and um, and all everybody had a word and some kind of imagery that went alongside this word. Um, I should mention, sorry, that the whole retreat was themed around. I called it "Peace in the Middle of Disruption" because it was halfway through COVID, and so we were talking about how you find peace. Uh, and I mentioned. In the teaching session, we talked about shalom uh, and a biblical vision for peace, you know, that ultimately that the peace is going somewhere and that Jesus intends to wrap the whole world up. And, you know, the sh- like shalom is about every peace belonging where it should. Uh, and so, yeah, and so people came back and they shared their own words at the end of it. And I, it was a really powerful time. Um, but I've got to tell you that I only managed to do one retreat last year thanks to, thanks to COVID. Um, I, could, I didn't get out um, and do any more than that because either the weather or the restrictions just meant that I, I couldn't do that. So we hope to do more of that this year. The other idea that we, we've got a few ideas that we're working on for this year in terms of Christian ideas. Um, we want to do this thing that we're calling Ocean Church. Uh, where effectively we want to help children and families encounter God out on the water. Uh, We've got some children's paddle boards. We're going to take them out. Uh, We're going to show them how to cook some basic food on a barbecue. Um, We're going to try three consecutive Saturdays and we're going to use some of the deep talk stuff. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with deep talk, but we're going to try and use deep talk. Um, uh, It's a way of using stories in the sand to help people wonder. Uh, about uh, about a story and put themselves into it rather than trying to explain who God is Um, it's all about helping people find meaning for themselves Uh, and we've got um, yeah we'll do a couple more retreats hopefully and we'll do some quiet days I think for people as well so that's the kind of Christian section uh, of it we have some lottery funding so we're also moving to two bases not one this year uh, and so actually, if you know of any churches who might want to partner with the water sports library, then we're looking to branch out uh, and see if it can go any wider than just pool um, and create a bit of a learning community as well for anybody who wants to kind of explore what it might look like to do faith on the water. And if anybody's got any questions, you know, it'd be great to hear to hear what's going on. Yeah.
1: John, that was really interesting. and Thank you for sharing all of that. How did you go about, you said about getting the equipment and people were donating stuff. How did you go about asking (laughs) for the donations?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think I just started putting the idea out there to people. I thought, you know, in a business plan, they ask you, what's your secret weapon? And uh, and I was like, I think my secret weapon is the church. And so I'll start with the church because I've got hardly any experience of um, outside surfing you know, of, I'm not an instructor. I'm not, uh, I haven't got qualifications or anything like that. And so we were really tentative about all of that kind of stuff. So I did start with the church and it was the Christian couple who started us off with a couple of thousand. Uh, and then, um, I think I started using churches together. Um, and I knew a few church leaders in pool. So I kind of reached out to whoever I could kind of find really. Uh, and just to say what I was doing, um, and then word word slowly started to spread, um, and people ended up just uh, just getting in touch. It wasn't actually that easy at the start when you haven't got any. When you're just trying to get a bit of momentum, it really you do have to hustle a little bit and uh, ask around. But then when when you've when you've got a bit of a name, I found it becomes easier to reach out to people. I wonder if I might be able to to jump in and ask a question. How? How have you or have you found um, a way of um, reflecting on this as a faith community? So the kind of service element of it, um, how that's kind of helped deepen or grow um, relationships within the kind of established faith communities in your area? So, um, yeah, cool, great question. In terms of in terms of becoming or thinking about the Water Sports Library as a faith, as its own faith community, i um i feel like it's really fragile Uh, and i didn't actually i had a whole slide that would have prompted me to talk about um to talk about some of the challenges actually that i faced along the way it probably sounds like a real success story but there's been many yeah many challenges and one of them is that what you've just touched on and i think some of the fragility comes uh because i've got a slight nervousness about space so um one of the reasons that i wanted to to start the water sports library or to start some kind of venture was because i think that um, for all my talk about doing things with the local community you i think the inevitable thing is that you need some kind of degree of control of the space that you're in so that because if you want to do evangelism if you want to talk about jesus you need to uh, own a lion's share or at least a portion of the space that you're in you know because we've got a neighbours group that meets uh, just to hang out and have drinks on a Friday night and I've realised actually it's going to be very difficult I think you know for this naturally to develop into some kind of faith community because that simply isn't what people are meeting for um and unless I start changing the dynamic, I can influence the group as of myself. But one of the reasons that I wanted to start the Water Sports Library was because so that I'd have a degree of control over the space that we we're creating. Uh, in relation to f- uh, faith uh, with other groups. Yeah, I have there's like an internal debate uh, within myself. I'm a Baptist pioneer minister. And so I kind of came with the idea that eventually I will have my own worshipping community I guess of some sort but actually I think as things have uh, emerged you know there's a really really good Anglican parish church just up the road and there are 69 other amazing churches that people could belong to should they want to do that Uh, and so I've really thought uh, or I guess I'm trying to think through what it means to be I think that people belong to multiple places nowadays and I'm trying to work out, what does it mean to plant a church or a worshiping community where people, um, where it is only part of an ecosystem of church life in my area? Um, and so, yeah, to what extent do I hold the reins on that? What, to what extent, what does membership mean? Like if ever that happened? Um, I am naturally highly collaborative um and I believe that increasingly people do just belong to more than one church, more than one supermarket, more than one everything um and so I'm trying to work that through, Hannah, but it's not the easiest thing I can imagine <laughs> no, thank you that's really interesting well well, thanks for your question
1: John, your comment about um you've got your your neighborhood neighborhood group that meets up for like a a social time and then, but you wanted, it's kind of feeds into what Christine was asking earlier on, doesn't it? About how moving from sort of belonging to becoming and it's like crossing that threshold, isn't it? And how one goes about doing that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. And I think that crossover thing is really, is really tricky. Um, because I think it's fairly I, I don't think it's the toughest thing in the world to establish decent community projects I think that community you know if you you know good cafes uh, good you know spaces to hang out arts and crafts um, places you know I think we know how to do um, those kind of social service kind of i don't know projects I think we do those quite well but making I think that my own imagination is lacking for what church could become, I think. And so and so what I think happens is that there is this quite a big void that we then try and cross from some kind of community, like an arts and crafts, you know, from whatever your group is, your community thing through to a worshipping community. It just seems like a huge, uh, a huge leap. And so I think um, I think imagination around uh around what your work like i think there's a lot of pressure on the ecclesial minimum do you know what i mean i think people go oh you're trying to create church are you well you know have you thought through the basic ingredients you need this and then you need that and then you need the other and then how do you do communion And how do you do worship and you know blah 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 and the more you do that um the quicker you move to the church question which is always quite loud uh, and you've moved away from the missional question, which I think could do uh, could do with a uh, with turning the volume up a little bit. Um, so yeah, imagination around that uh, around that transition, I think is uh, is what I'm trying to work on. Uh, but I don't think it's very easy.
3: I, w- I wonder if there's something around some of the other comments we had earlier about the digital church may actually bizarrely help with some of that. I, I'm not involved in a water sports project, but on a Friday night do a Friday footy group for older guys. Um, And, and so interestingly, we've always wondered how do we, so we've got them belonging to this football thing. And then how do we do the faith thing, you know, like, but, um, and all that kind of stuff, but actually having, having access and pointing people to online stuff has made some of that easier because they haven't got to come to the building. I don't know what they got to wear. They can turn up when they want. And actually it's really interesting. So as as a couple of people were saying, we don't want to lose. I I wonder if God is, is prompting us to think outside of our church boxes, building boxes and into other spaces that might. So I've had comments uh, from people going, Oh, I didn't know you did that. Or your daughters are, are more talented than you and all of that stuff. Because, you know, in the middle of a game when I wasn't even asking the question, but because because there's that opportunity. So I think you're right about that ecclesiology stuff and 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 that that church question may not be the right question anymore in that sense of bringing them 10.30 in this space, physical. Yeah. Yeah. It might be at some point, but not, not the starting point.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And I think the digital world has opened up heaps of possibilities, you know, In one sense, in one sense, churches uh, are struggling to fill pews and buildings and things. Mm. But I think the digital space, it just offers so much, I think, in terms of how we can create uh, online communities. We didn't want to be, you know, a a Christian organization that has its roots in Christianity. But, you know, but we've long since abandoned it. And we also didn't want to be. The type of organisation to scare people off because we were so overt, you know. And I think that's a re. I think loads of people are in that kind of space, working out how how to navigate that uh, that particular issue. And for us, we set our website makes it really clear we're a Christian organisation. Our Facebook page says that we're a Christian social enterprise, Um, uh, and yet they're probably until we start doing more of these christian events i think it won't click in people's minds really that we uh that that we are so it might take some people by surprise which i don't like because it's it's sort of almost baiting and switching um which i i I don't think that's good i'm like you i think that people should know upfront what they're getting into um but at the same time people have a particular image of of christianity and what comes with christianity uh, and I don't want to create a barrier, an unnecessary barrier for people. But actually, I do. I really do believe that if you ask the basic question, where is God? Then you realise quickly, well, God's involved in all spheres of society. He's transforming the arts, the politics, business, like I mentioned. And if that's the case, then he's not just living there. He's working there. And so holiness exists in those places. Discipleship exists in those places. You know, and so um, my great passion is, well, how do we, what does it mean? How do we help congregations to understand that God, that God is not just the God of the religious sphere of our society, but he's he's involved and alive and well in the other spheres.
1: That was John Good from the Bournemouth Water Sports Library. What jumped out for you
2: there, John?
0: There are a few different bits that jumped out at me. So uh, one of them was uh, using business as a way to fund the church's ministry. I thought that was a really interesting thing. I wondered how that might work um, beyond lettings, because one of the things that we have in, in circuits is uh, buildings. And often we've noticed in the pandemic that, that, that lettings were disrupted hugely. Um, for churches, and I wonder how we, I wonder how we move beyond
1: building lettings uh, for local community groups. That was that was an... He makes a point, doesn't he, about um, if all your mission is coming from a centrally funded pot. If that pot's shrinking, it's it's not going to be sustainable in the longer term.
0: The other thing I really really appreciated hearing from John is about the, the attempt to, to integrate aspects of life that were really important to him. So he talked about the connected beliefs uh, that, um, how do we include people who can't afford it, the finance stuff? uh, How do we help people transition between belonging to believing? Um, How do we help them explore the Christian faith in a way that's that's safe uh, for them and doesn't feel bait and switchy, that feels kind of full of integrity? And uh, then the environment stuff as well. Um, and the chance to be able to kind of do something about all three of those things led to the birth of Bournemouth Water Sports Library, which sounds just really exciting. And I wonder how we can integrate things that are important to us and our local communities into the missional stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that question uh, about how how and when one reveals one's Christian credentials was addressing the questions at the end. And that, that threw up an interesting almost a dilemma there but i think another one of our questioners uh, referred to that in the fact that so much stuff is now online that actually we can point people in that direction and that's maybe part of the answer
0: i love that it sounded like things started small that initial grant two grand which isn't a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things and the donation of a few bits of kit allowed something to happen and you look on the, the Bournemouth Water Sports Library website now that there's hundreds of pieces of kit. Tons of stuff. Um, it sounded really, really interesting.
1: I like the way he um, referred to the church as his secret weapon in his business plan. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's huge amounts of resources uh, within the church uh, that, that, that John was able to draw on. I'm wondering about this shift. Um, John mentioned asset-based community development. There is, if if you're interested in learning more about asset-based community development, you can check out Cormac Russell's TED talk. If you go to YouTube and just type in Cormac Russell, uh, um, asset-based community development, uh, you'll see him give a really inspiring 20 minute talk um, about, about how that works. But the essential um, position of asset-based community development is about starting with what's strong instead of what's wrong. And I wonder how we were to live that out more that might change what we do and whether that might open up opportunities for us mm. in our local areas. Mm.
1: So, we've been James and John from the Southern and Islands regions. We run learning and development events all over the Southern Islands region. And you can find out more about these events at learningnetsi.org.uk. you also find the latest news on our blog, our latest podcast episode, and tons of resources and lists of all the events that are coming up. Wherever you are, thanks for listening and have a good day.